Good day, brothers and sisters, and welcome to another edition of Centurion Faith, the podcast that helps a believer <clears throat> to seek the kind of faith that makes Jesus marvel. Um, sorry, I'm already clearing my throat right at the beginning of the message, but <clears throat> I have a great message for you today. I'm so excited about this. This is something that God's been working on all week in me, and it and it um, it comes from a scripture that I really hadn't ever looked at that much or studied that closely in the Bible, and it's actually in Romans seven. Uh, verse 5. And the, the title of my message is today is based on that. And, and the title is, We Were, this is past tense, We Were in the Flesh. We Were in the Flesh. Key, key word in that, in that name is were. We're no longer in the flesh. We're in the spirit. I'm going to take you back to the beginning of Jesus's ministry when he goes out and in the fourth chapter of John, he runs into a woman at a well as he, as he uh, cuts through Samaria, the Samaritan woman at the well, and he has a one-on-one encounter with her. And she perceives that he's a man of God because he proceeds to tell her that she's been married five times and now she's shacking up with a sixth guy and it's not even her husband. So he basically tells her about all of this, the sin in her life and yet he's spending time with her, something that no other Jew would do, spend time with a Samaritan, let alone a woman. At that time, women were considered you know, lesser and uh, not worthy of a man's time. So he broke two of the rules which Jesus, he was, he was a rule breaker. He smashed all the, all the uh, religious traditions and, and doctrines of men, and he just broke them down one by one. So in ministering to this woman, she perceives that he's a prophet, that he's a holy man. She doesn't know yet that he's the son of God, but she does figure that out. But she asks him the question that we often get asked as, as spirit-filled believers. When people perceive Jesus in us, they will always ask or often ask the question, where do you go to church? And she kind of asked that question when she asked, where do you worship? I heard that, uh, you know, our forefathers, they used to worship up, up over on that mountain. And so she pointed to a, a mountain and um, she said, and we heard that you Jews, you go to Jerusalem to worship. So, you know, where do you go to worship? And Jesus answered her by saying, he said, there, there's coming a time and is now here meaning it's at present time since Jesus was now on the scene and appeared to us in the flesh. He said, there's coming a time where you won't worship on that mountain, nor will we worship in Jerusalem. For my father is looking for worshipers that worship in spirit and in truth, in spirit and in truth. He says it twice. These are the kind of worshipers he goes on to say that my father is looking for, those that worship in spirit and in truth. And of course, as believers, we know that once we're born again, we receive the Holy Spirit. Acts 2.38 is a great scripture for that. At the day of Pentecost, when, when um, Peter is filled with the Holy Ghost in power, he tells the people to repent and, and for the forgiveness of your sins and be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for forgiveness of sins and, and receive the gift, the gift of the Holy Spirit. Most people today, I would say most of the church realizes or believes that they're forgiven of all sin, but very few, I would dare say, are 
uh, have received the second part of the gift, and that is the impartation of the Holy Spirit. When we put our faith in Christ, Ephesians 1.13 says that we're sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. 1 Corinthians 6.17 says, He that is joined with the Lord is one spirit with him. When we put our faith in Christ, the Holy Spirit seals our spirit. It's vacuum-packed and nothing can penetrate it. No devil in hell, no sin, no nothing can penetrate your born-again spirit. So as believers today, God is waking us to the reality that we are spirit beings having a flesh experience. Most people think that they are flesh beings having a spiritual experience. They have it backwards. The Bible says walk in the spirit and you won't fulfill the lusts of the flesh. That's Galatians 5.16. And it says in Galatians 5.25, if we live in the spirit, in other words, if we believe that, if we believe what the word says that we're now spirit beings united with Jesus in one spirit, if we live in the spirit, let us walk in the spirit. And when we walk in the spirit, that's the way to not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And your flesh is simply this, you know, your flesh, we're three parts. We're created in God's image and he is a triune God. And so, since we are created in his image, we are spirit, soul, and body. The spirit of us is the part that got born again. Our soul, which is our will, our mind, our imagination, our memory, uh, what we call our mind or our, our soul is the second part of us. And then we have a body. We have this flesh suit that we're trapped in. We're three parts, but the spirit, the part of us, the one third of us is that's been sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise is the part of us that God communes with. So one third of you, you could say is wall to wall, Holy Ghost. <laughs> so that's the part God wants us to walk in. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna prove this today. One of my key scriptures that I've been preaching in the prisons for over a decade is 2 Corinthians 5.16. Everybody hammers 5.17, but 5.16 has become a signature scripture for my ministry. And it says this, it says, from now on, in other words, from now on, right now, from now on, we regard no man according to his flesh. Even though we regarded Christ that way to his flesh, right? We do so no more. And then it goes on to say, if any man be in Christ, in other words, united with Christ in spirit, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, like your flesh, it was crucified. Old things have passed away and all things have become new. <clears throat> um, Philippians 3.3 3 says that we are the circumcision, right? Talking about the the believers the that that come in under the new covenant. We are the circumcision who worship God in the spirit. We worship God in the spirit. We rejoice in the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, we rejoice in our union with Christ and we make no provision for the flesh. We don't even give our flesh the time of day. So I'm gonna key in on Romans 7, 5, scripture that makes this point again. And it says that... Um, I'm going to start in actually 7.4 just to set it up a little. It talks about, um, wherefore, brethren, we're, we have become dead to the law by the body of Christ, right? When Christ died on the cross, he took that old man, that old sin nature, that old flesh, and he nailed it to the cross so that we could be married to another, to him that is raised from the dead, right? And how was he raised from the dead? By the Spirit, by the Holy Spirit, so that we can bring forth fruit for God, spiritual fruit. 
For when, and listen to this, verse 7, 5. I love this verse, one of my new favorites lately. Romans 7, 5. For when we were in the flesh, when we were in the flesh, the motions of sin, meaning actions of sin, were by the law, did work in our members, meaning in our body, that we would bring forth fruit unto death. When you walk in the flesh, you're gonna produce death. But now, it says in Romans 7, 6, but now, that's right now, we are delivered from the law, that being dead wherein we were held, we should now serve in newness of spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. Romans 6.14 says we're no longer under the law, we're under grace. We're no longer in the flesh, we're in the spirit. So the law and the flesh are two brothers that go hand in hand. God's law is perfect, it's holy, it's righteous. Nothing wrong with God's law at all, but you have to use it for the purpose for which it was designed. The law was designed to be a spiritual mirror to show you that you're flawed. Through the law comes the increase of sin. It says in Romans 3.20, it points out our sin. Bible says, awake to righteousness and sin not. We have a new righteous spirit. We no longer have that old dead sinful nature. That old sin spirit was crucified when Christ was crucified and it was buried in the ground. And then the Bible says he was raised to newness of life. And when he was raised up, we were raised up with him. Colossians 3 and seated with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, in our union with him. So this is huge to just see. If you you actually, you know, the Bible, uh, the, the devil knows the law of God more than anything else in the Bible. He loves the law of God because he loves to use it on believers. He masquerades as an angel of light. C.S. Lewis said the devil knows the law of God and yet he's the devil still. And what he does is he comes in, he's the accuser of the brethren. He takes the very law of God and he beats us over the head with it and points out all the sin that's in our flesh and our old nature because he wants us to align with that nature. Christ wants us to align with our new spiritual union with him through Christ. He that is joined with the Lord is one spirit. The way to, the way to stop sinning is to walk in the spirit. You'll actually sin less by accident by walking in the Spirit than you ever could on purpose. We live now by the, by the Spirit of the law and not the letter. When you walk in the Spirit, you'll actually keep God's law. When you walk in the Spirit, you're not going to want to steal. You're not going to want to commit adultery. You're not going to want to murder. You're not going to have anger towards anybody, not even your enemies, if you walk in the Spirit. We just have to believe we have the Spirit of God living in, in us. Romans 8 says, if any man doesn't have the spirit of God, he doesn't even belong to Christ. But, but in Romans 8, 9, listen to this. But you, you, this is you, believer in Jesus Christ, but you're not in the flesh. You're in the spirit with a capital S. You're sealed by the Holy Spirit. If it be that the spirit of God dwells in you, and if any man doesn't have the spirit of Christ, he is none of his, meaning he doesn't even belong to Jesus. But if Christ be in you, your body is dead because of sin, but your spirit is life because of righteousness. And if the spirit that raised up Jesus Christ from the dead dwells in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead will also quicken your mortal body 
by his spirit that dwells in you, in your spirit. He will quicken or energize your little born again spirit with the Holy Spirit. He sealed you like a baby is sealed in the mother's womb, is sealed in the sack. Nothing can penetrate. You're safe. You're sealed in the Holy Spirit. He set a seal on us, the Bible says. He shed his love abroad in our heart through the Holy Spirit who he's given us, Romans 5, 5. Brothers and sisters, we just need to see ourselves the way God tells us to see ourselves. If he says in 2 Corinthians 5, 16, from now on we regard no man according to the flesh, well then how does he regard us? He regards us according to the Spirit. He's not confused about what he did through Christ. Salvation is not just being forgiven of sins, it's receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit and learning to walk in this. This has taken me over a decade to start to get this. But I believe the body is being awakened and the laborers that come in here at the last days, and make no mistake, we are in the last days, the laborers that come in get a full day's wage. I believe you're gonna get this concept. The Holy Spirit's gonna quicken it to you And you're going to be able to walk in the Spirit today like you never have before. And people will see Christ in you. Colossians 1-2-7 says it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. Romans 8, I believe it's 20 through 23, says all of creation groans in anticipation of the sons of God to be revealed. Romans 8, 19, the expectation of the creation waits for the manifestation of the sons of God. When are people going to rise up and walk in the spirit like God says we should? When are we going to see ourselves as spiritually united with Christ in one spirit, sealed? Amazing. Romans six fourteen says that we are no longer under the law, but we're under grace. In the same way that the flesh and the law work together to condemn us, to, like, to, to, to bring us to the end of ourselves, in the same way, grace and the Spirit of God, which is the Spirit of grace, is how we walk today. Grace is God's riches at Christ's expense. Or as Reverend Fred always says, God's righteousness at Christ's expense. You have been made right by the finished work of Jesus Christ. His shed blood has cleansed you from all sins. He not only took your sins, past, present, and future, on the cross 2,000 years ago. By the way, 2,000 years ago, all your sins were future sins. So, yes, he does forgive future sins, ones you haven't committed yet. But what he did also is he, he nailed the nature, the sin nature, the sin factory that produced the sin, He nailed it to the cross and he buried it in the ground. And when he was raised up in his glorified body by the Spirit of God, we too were raised up with him, the Bible says. This is how he sees us now. He sees us united with Christ in one spirit. You are now a spiritual being. You are now capable of walking in the Spirit. When the flesh and the law get together, you combine those two words, flesh and law, you get the word flaw. So if you look at yourself and you say, I'm so flawed, that's because you're looking at your flesh. You're carnally minded, it says in Romans 8, 6. Carnal means of the flesh. That's what that word means, is fleshly. 
So if you're carnal-minded, you're a meathead. Don't be a meathead. 1 John 4, 4 says, Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Talking about the spirit of God, the spirit of grace. Walk in the spirit and you'll walk in grace today. Walk in the spirit and people will see Jesus in you. I love you and I hope you have a great day. I want to thank you for listening to this podcast. And if you've been blessed by it, I want to take a minute today to ask you to share it with a friend to post it on social media. Don't be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ for it is the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes. The gospel is the power. Share this word with a friend. Amen.